Hello, 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 and a warm wick of welcome to all of our witches, white lighters, and warlocks out there. My name is Clark. And I'm Victoria, and you're listening to Charmed and Dangerous, a Charmed podcast. episode 11 this week of season two not season one we didn't go backwards no um (laughs) well it's called reckless abandon i think yes yes yeah well uh pretty good first things first let's start off uh we'll go into the summary but i just want to take a moment at the very beginning to acknowledge how fucking gorgeous the hallowell sisters are and how blessed i am every day that i get to see them they're beautiful. Uh, yeah. There were some That's, there were some looks in this episode. Oh yeah. Prue was serving. Prue was serving. Snaps to that oh, sis. Shit. It was it was good. Anyways, I just wanted to get that off uh off the plate first thing. None of those words were supposed to go together, but it's fine. <laughs> we're gonna head straight into the summary. Victoria, you wanna go? Here we go. Alright. <clears throat> A baby gets abandoned at Daryl's precinct, and Phoebe gets a vision of the father being murdered by a ghost. Ooh, spooky. She takes the baby home and tries to take care of it while finding out to save his family and get him home safe. The girls struggle to unlock their maternal instincts and save one out of three of baby Matthew's family members in the meantime. Yeah, not the not the best uh, ratio for, for innocent saving, but uh... Yeah. Eh. One out of three is better than zero out of three, right? Yeah. <laughs> Here's the deal, though, y'all. Like, this episode's definitely like, a slow starter. She's very, she's very plot heavy. We'll get, in, oh. we'll get into it. We'll get into yeah. it. But uh, straight up, Clark and I both expressed like watching this episode, and you're so like, <laughs> y'all seen the meme where it's like. I was so enchanted by a world where blankety blank existed that I forgot about blankety blank. It's like, I was so entranced by a world where the Halliwell sisters had a baby that I forgot about a daddy killing ghost. (laughs) Yeah, dude. Like, this episode is so slow burning. We don't even meet baby Matthew's family until like, what, like halfway through the episode, it feels like. Yeah. Like... The first half of the episode is just them being like, we have this baby. What do we do with it? <laughs> how do you, how do you put a baby in a diaper? How do you? And okay, we're going to get into this. We're going to get into this big, but before we get into this, so the big bad of this episode is like plot point number 86. <laughs> yeah. And it's a uh, ghost of Dick appointments past um, Elias Lundy. And he's like creepy and shit. And the girls have to like, put a potion on his bone so he stops killing all the male fam- family members of the uh, Van Lewins. 
something like that. They're something fancy like rich that. people. Some they rich got a people. Bullshit. They have a van in their name, so you know they're rich. Yeah, they've got like a big old house, and it's spooky, and it's got like a secret room in it. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. Rich people. Mm. <laughs> rich people, you know. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, so Elias Lundy. We'll we'll kind of we'll we'll uh, talk about him first. Uh, we don't find out until the very end of the episode, like even who he is or why he's coming after Martha and uh, all of her male family members. Yeah. Um, but we do eventually find out that he. Spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler alert. Go watch the episode. Why are you listening to this if you haven't seen the episode? But you need uh, to watch the episode. <laughs> um, was he was he Martha's lover or was he just obsessed with her? No. I, I was okay. unclear on that. So here's the deal. I put um, the ghost of Dick Appointments past in our uh, notes, but no, he was a creepy fucking stalker. Yeah, he was he, just obsessed with her, right? Yeah, he was the family chauffeur. And he got super fucking obsessed with her and like her being Martha. Yeah. And like carved their matching initials into an oak tree. And so Matthew's mother, when like revealing the story was like, yeah. So her husband was like super mad that he took it too far. And by took it too far, he probably like, like attacked her or just made her really super uncomfortable and all it takes is once y'all all it takes yeah is they're once. they're very and vague about what he actually did yes but uh the husband like took him out back to the oak tree and like shot him in the back and then buried him the um, same tree that he carved his and martha's initials into that's an important plot point yes absolutely um and then what is later revealed clark Bum, bum, Martha's a fucking badass. She, it turns out that Martha is actually the one that lured him out back and shot him and killed him. Yeah. Um, because he, as we said, took it too far. We don't know. Like I said, they're very, very vague about what he actually did. Um, he made her but too uncomfortable he, one time, and that was he, the one time he needed. Yeah, he apparently he threatened Martha's husband's life mm-hmm. if she wouldn't be with him, so she killed him. I, uh, I mean, I think something else kind of went on, but it's not explained. Yeah, um, it's and yeah, it's up it, for it the feels, interpretation. It feels like an unfinished story for sure. Yeah. Um, that is my one qualm with this episode. Is that the it feels like there's like a lot of loose ends. Like it, it the fix was just too sudden, too easy, I guess. The fix was too fixy. The fix was Martha killed herself. Uh Yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna get into that um a little bit. Uh in our talking points but um oh what was my what was my point that i wanted to make but we'll just we'll just get right into it so not only do we have like a ton of cool character development in this episode but we also see oh that's what i wanted to talk about so this episode deals with a baby so baby matthew Mm -hmm. is like abandoned and then as we said 
Phoebe gives him the little touchy touch, and all of a sudden, boom, she, like, sees his dad getting got by a ghost. And, well, she doesn't see him get got, but she sees him, like, running frantically from the ghost. Mm-hmm. And so the sisters very suddenly become, like, mommy for hire. Right. While they are trying to solve the great mystery. I think it is so freaking cool that they had them on such a steep learning curve. Oh, yeah. They had them be bad at being moms, which is what happens when you're a first-time mom. Yeah. And you got to watch them get better at dealing with children, and I think that was really cool, yeah. And I loved that it wasn't just like... Like, at the beginning, Phoebe has, like, a natural act, you know, she has a knack for it, and, like, each of the sisters get to kind of, like, have things that they're good at, et cetera, et cetera, but I loved that, like, the person who was most prepared to deal with a baby were the, <laughs> were the men. Yeah. Like, Dan was most prepared, and Daryl was most prepared. The sisters who have no children and who do not have any like younger family members and who here to therefore do not have anybody to have like baby practice on right. simply were not good at it because they didn't know what to do. Like Prue didn't even like think of getting uh, diapers for like Matthew's age. She didn't even mm-hmm. think about getting proper sizing, just like a whole bunch of like little things that yeah, this were so great to see it represented that women are not like immediate baby taking care of machines oh yeah and i loved that this episode really just flipped those gender norms on their heads Mm -hmm. um it was like yeah men can be good with babies and women can be bad with babies like it doesn't like this is the world we live in. Like, get used to it. Yeah. I thought that was cool. And that there were little moments of this thought, but nobody had, like, a full-scale moment of, I can't change a diaper, therefore I'm just not meant to be a mother. There's something deeply wrong with me. I mean, Phoebe did have a moment of, like, I feel rejected. I feel like a failure. But she was not validated on those feelings. You know, nobody was like, well, you are, you know, a woman should be able, there was, there was no uber harmful narrative that was shared in this episode. And I think that that's so freaking cool that not only did all of them like express thinking about having children in the future, but that it also was, you can have kids when you're ready. You don't have to be super great at it. The moment you have kids, Mm-hmm. And it's a learning curve no matter your gender. Um, and also, some people don't want to have kids, like Jack. For sure, yeah. Like, we see we see Piper really struggle with, like, I'm the only one of us in a super serious relationship. Like, I should be, like, everybody's kind of teasing her about, like, ooh, when are you going to have Dan Jr., you know? And it's mm-hmm. like, and she she really puts a stop to that. She's like... I am nowhere near ready for that. Like, mm-hmm. and she, and we do see a little bit of uh, Piper coming to terms with the fact that she's still hung up on Leo. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and she she even mentions in this episode, she says, I like I really care about Dan and he's like Mr. Perfect, you know, but I just keep flashing back to us going to the future and me knowing that at least in that version of the future, I ended up with Leo and we had like a child together. Like, this is something that is very deeply seated in the back of her head. And I mean, when you think about it, like if you got the chance to go to the future and you saw who you ended up with in that version of the future, could you easily give up that, that image in your brain? Like, I, I think that would be very difficult. I personally have never been to the future unfortunately i think that'd be really sick but when you envision yourself having a future with someone it's really hard to let that go yeah absolutely and i think it was really cool too to express dan's just so perfect he makes me feel imperfect yes i loved that because that's that's a big thing is we see Dan and I don't think he's he's ever not picture perfect except for obviously the times where we've been like okay he's starting to show some like masculine like toxicity like but and it's he's so like aware that he is up against somebody else I think Mm -hmm. is a big thing too is Dan knows that he can't appear as anything other than perfect because Piper will drop him. I think we should uh, rephrase that as Dan thinks that he can't appear as anything less than perfect because that's what Piper's looking for right now. She's looking for him to be a fucking human being. Yeah. And, And when he's Mr. Perfect, Mr. Right, boy next door, he's he's too much. He's he's this image of perfection, and she is but a human, yeah. uh, you know. But a witch. But a witch. Yeah, no, oh. I, I definitely think that Piper would appreciate Dan just showing, like, more vulnerability. Whereas... I'm just going to slide right into it. So first of all, we will give props to Dan for being like a really cool, um, rent a dad. Okay. I will, I will, I will drop some real feels here. I will be super, super, uh, pro Dan for the first time in my life. Six, 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 six. God, he was so hot. <laughs> in this episode taking care of that baby. I don't know what it is, but a man that is good with children, not necessarily a man that wants children or like has children, but a man that is good with kids. Yes. It's hot. It's so fucking hot. It is. And you try so hard not to fall into that trope of like, "Oh my god, he has a baby." But there is something in your stupid little lady brain that goes right oh my god yeah and he like flips his boy band hair out of his eyes and is like Mm -hmm. oh this the the way that i'm holding this child 
the way that I can do the jiggle with this child. And Piper's the like... Fact- <laughs> the fact that I know how to make a cloth diaper and it's and I care the, about the fact that it's better for the environment. Him being like, it's more environmentally friendly. I was like, I'm going to have to go get a drink. I'm going to, I'm going to have she to go. She thirsty. Get- oh my Lord. Is it Dan? <laughs> is it more environmentally friendly? You know what else is environmentally friendly? Taking your clothes off and putting them in the wash, Dan. Let's <laughs> go. Wow. Yeah. Um, full stop agree. Full stop agreement there. Um, Dan hot. with the Dan with the baby in this episode was sick. And when he like came in when the sisters were sleeping and took care of that baby. Mildly <laughs> creepy, but I can respect it. I feel like they have like a pretty open door policy with Dan at this point. I feel like they have an just- open door policy with literally everybody. I don't think the sisters lock their door. No, God bless them. <laughs> witch powers. Witch powers. <laughs> I'll use my witch powers against the innocent person coming in to rob me. Right. Because I yeah. live in a big old house in San Francisco. Did you just say innocent person coming in to rob me? Okay, so here's the deal. If you go into a big old house, <laughs> I do not. We are we are pro hit woman. No, we we're not pro robbers on this podcast. Okay, don't we take other people's not- stuff. <laughs> Unless it's Hobby Lobby. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, kind of. Um, <laughs> we're not going to get into a moral discussion about uh, thievery and the effects on giant corporations during capitalism. We're not doing I, that today. We're not. But I also feel the need to. Uh, reiterate that we are not hit woman positive. <sighs> not. Clark isn't. <laughs> <laughs> As a podcast, we are not hit woman positive. As Victoria's podcast. Pers- <laughs> Victoria's personal beliefs do not speak for this podcast. Ugh, fine. <laughs> But just as Dan was, like, very hot to trot this episode, you know who I appreciated this episode? You know who was holding it down this episode? Fucking Daryl. Daryl and also Jack, my dude. Jack was amazing comedic relief during this episode. But also, were you also mildly attracted to Jack for not wanting to be a dad? Is that... Is that weird, considering we were just all over Dan because he wants to be a dad? No, I don't think it's weird. I don't think it's weird. I'm not personally, like, attracted to Jack. But I thought it was... Now, you know what I did appreciate, the freaky little Capricorn that I am, um, (laughs) is that he, like, marched into his boss's office and was like... If you like this presentation, you're giving me another ticket for Miss Prue Halliwell right now. Mm, yeah. Like, put it in the pocket. Also, he may not be mature. He may not be emotionally available entirely. But, man, he'll take oh. care of you. Homie does his job. Homie mm-hmm. does his job. And I appreciate it. No, I liked Jack this episode. And I liked him as a direct like character foil to... Dan literally being Mr. Mom. Yes. Like, straight up. Like, you have Mr. Mom, and then 
you have someone who is unapologetically being like, listen, I need you to know that I am still like a child. I cannot have a child. Yeah, bro. This man literally was racing a five-year-old in like Babies R Us or some shit. Like, yeah. Oh, Toys R Us, how we miss you. Yeah. Yeah. So like that that up. was that was really fun. Um, one interesting thing that I did want to bring up about Prue and Jack is Jack was very uh, hands off with the baby, very much like, "Hey, focus on this fun party New York trip." Um, mm-hmm. And I think we kind of saw Prue not, I don't want to say having second thoughts, but I think this was like the moment that Prue realized this is fun and I'm enjoying what's happening, but this isn't a relationship that's going to last. This is not my forever person. Yeah. And, and what I do appreciate too is the way that they communicate about those expectations. Like, yeah. Jack is straight up like, I don't want kids. I don't know if this is going to be long term. And Prue's like, that's fine. You're what I want right now. And yeah. I come I, dance with me. Yeah. I appreciate the discussion and the boundary setting. And like, they just continually have like a healthier and healthier relationship. Oh, yeah. So, it's six, it's six. very healthy. And like, I think we I think we often confuse a healthy relationship with a uh like steady uh long-term monogamous yeah uh marriage as an end goal relationship. But what we don't acknowledge is that you can have short-term relationships that aren't going to go anywhere and mm-hmm. still have them be healthy. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just, uh, it's just like peak. Now, to move in. So, mm-hmm. the third and final uh, main man of the evening, uh, Daryl was hysterical in this episode. As usual. <laughs> Absolutely hysterical. Um, Phoebe is like, at the beginning of the episode, trying to convince Daryl to let her be his on case psychic yes and daryl is like no (laughs) (laughs) please get out of my precinct he's like haven't your sisters done enough to ruin my reputation you you murder my partner in cold witchy blood and now i'm the laughing stock of my precinct just awful yeah it was it was pretty funny um he did he did like very seriously put his job on the line though giving the Hallowells this baby. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what he was thinking. Like he was like, "Yeah, uh keep it for 24 hours. After that, uh social services will start asking questions, so you got to give it back." But uh good luck. <laughs> don't die. Yeah, seriously. And and then Phoebe was doing some real cool stuff in this episode because not only was she like taking care of a baby solving a murder mystery running around with Daryl being like the best therapist ever (laughs) just like hurling herself around but she also was serving looks oh my god look after look dude 
She, mm, Alyssa Milano was phenomenal in the 90s. She still is, but like. She was killing it. She was killing the game. And as we mentioned, she like, especially towards the end of the episode, she really like lays down some sick knowledge on Piper. Um, And so it's cool to see fans of the show, uh, long-term watchers, it's cool to kind of see those seeds to start to be planted of Phoebe being like really, really crazy, emotionally intelligent. Yes. I was going to mess mention that we really see the beginnings of, of a future path that Phoebe is going down. Um, we're going to talk about that for a quick minute. So if you haven't seen the whole show, you might want to tune out for a minute, but Mm -hmm. This episode really brings in some foreshadowing, and I don't know how much of it was intentional. Um, When uh, she's giving out advice to the sisters, when she's talking to Matthew's mom, all of these things, we really see the beginning seeds of Phoebe and the psychology degree that she'll eventually... um, pursue yeah um and i think that that is really really cool um it it they've really stopped painting her as this ditzy party girl yeah and they're they're allowing her to grow up and i love that and um if you want to say something you can definitely do that but i just wanted to quickly mention um we also see possibly the beginnings of phoebe's empath abilities yes um i don't know how much of what we saw in this episode was just maternal instinct with the baby but she is more or less like especially when she first meets matthew super in tune with how he's feeling Mm -hmm. and i think that that's really cool well, and it's such a huge part of, like, Phoebe's character arc is mm-hmm. going from having, like, what is widely considered, like, this super, you know, inactive power to being one of the most, like, active powered and also one of the most, like, well-rounded witches. Mm-hmm. Just the absolute arc of it. And so it's so cool to see how, like, the strengths that she has as, like, a human woman and the strengths that she has as a witch kind of coming together and melding together and also like foreshadowing. Who right. Lo- for who sure. Doesn't, who doesn't love some, who doesn't love some foreshadowing? Uh, I love foreshadowing. Anyways, if you tuned out because you didn't want any spoilers, come back now. Beep, beep, yeah. beep, 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 beep. Notice. Come back. Yeah. We missed, um, we missed you. We did. <laughs> we missed you so much. I think um, we've I think we've covered quite a bit, except for um, one 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 main woman. We talking about Martha? Oh yeah, we're talking about Martha. Martha, we talked about a little bit. Um, I don't really have much to say about her besides the fact that I this might be controversial, but I don't know how I feel about Martha. I think there's a very good chance. I mean, men are like. Men, men, I don't want to generalize. Men can be very, very creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and it is very possible that Elias slash Lundy, uh, Elias Lundy, uh, it's possible that he just was really truly obsessed with her with no provocation. But the way that Martha carries herself, especially when she's speaking to Lundy, makes me think that it wasn't as one-sided as everybody thinks. Mm-hmm. I think that she definitely encouraged his advances mm-hmm. until all of a sudden she, she he was like let's run away and she was like uh I'm rich no thanks like yeah. I I don't know I kind of get those vibes from Martha I think she was having fun and then all of a sudden and I don't think that she's she even says herself that she's not innocent in this. Um, I don't think Lundy is innocent. I think he took it too far, especially if he did really threaten like the life of her husband. Yeah. Um, and the fact that he literally killed all of the people around her, that that's super shitty. Yeah. Like he's not a good person by any means. No. He's not the victim in this. But I don't think Martha was entirely to be applauded either. I can I can see where you're going. I, I definitely think, you know, if you are a wealthy woman uh-huh. and you are, you know, put on a pedestal within your house, especially if you bear what, like three sons? Two sons? Uh, two sons. So you bear two sons. They both, it's assumed that they both marry well. Mm-hmm. And then... You have, like, a beautiful grandson. You have a beautiful home. You know, you're held to a certain standard. And we can assume that the, like, Lundy getting murdered was only, like, what, two to three years ago? Max. You know, like, it at maximum, five years. So if we assume that this has been going on for like five years and that Lundy has been employed with the family for 20 plus, 30 plus years, Mm -hmm. then I can see it a going the way that you were talking about. And then I can also see it as a wealthy woman, like who is expected to be nice all the time, who can't even really show her true self to like, husband unless Mm -hmm. it was like a love match and then he got rich but the way that she was acting and the way that everything was like paced very much said to me old money so if you are like never sharing the true sides of your personality you are nice to all of your staff in that very like cold rich person way you know Mm -hmm. for sure but if he was her driver then he could have been her confidant. He could have been the person who overheard her complaining about her husband or talking on the phone about things about her life that she didn't like. Or, right. or can we stop to take the kids for ice cream? You know, it's just stuff like that. Or this is our little secret. So I think, especially because it, it's also assumed, you know, he doesn't have kids. He doesn't have a wife. He doesn't have a family outside of his job. Yeah. I, and he probably was employed and lived on the grounds. Right. It, I think I see where you're going. It's very possible that he almost kind of 
um, fabricated a narrative that wasn't really there. Yeah. He's just driving his wife around. Right. She's not his employer. She's just the lovely lady that he spends... What? Because I think, you know, if the father is being... If her husband, you know, is being taken to work and being dropped off to work, and let's say that the husband is not as, uh, you know, uh, cordial, Uh but then if you're driving the wife around, you're driving the wife to her hair appointments, her nail appointments, her doctor's appointments. You pick up her kids. You right. you watch her children grow up. Her children call you, you know, Mr. Lundy and are always taught to be nice to you. I can I can definitely see like a fabrication and then mm-hmm. she doesn't want to be mean cuz he's worked for the family so long. So he pushes her once or twice and she doesn't think anything of it and then he takes it, you know, 2 3 4 steps too far. And the fifth step is it. Yeah. And at the end of the day, she's still, you know, a rich lady who has to protect the image people have of her. It can't be known that the help have a cru- has a crush on her. Right. Yeah, for sure. It's that is that is the thing. Like we were speaking about it earlier, but this episode leaves so much to be imagined. Yeah, absolutely. You really, you're really left to interpret it how you will. Mm-hmm. They don't, they don't lay everything out like they normally do. Mm-hmm. One thing I did want to talk about before we move on to personal gain: mm-hmm. how the fuck and where the fuck. Did Lundy move his bones? Yeah, no shit. What the fuck happened there? Did he just sink them down another 400 feet? The core of the earth or something? Like, what the fuck happened? Like, he was like, hi, you can't vanquish me without my bones. That that was almost like a little scary. Like that moment of, you know, you know, like, what will you do now without my rotted, decaying bones at your fingertips, bitches? Also, I also want to uh, build on top of that and say, this bitch, okay, I'm gonna say it, Martha did not have to die. No, she did not. If the sisters hadn't taunted Lundy... By snap crackling and popping his bones, he would have been vanquished and Martha wouldn't have died. Yeah, easy peasy lemon squeezy. But also, they got cocky and they taunted him. And also, somehow he was powerful enough to hide his bones. Yes. Also, Phoebe literally has premonition power. She has premonition power. That right. whole fucking house. <laughs> Was a Lundy Museum. <laughs> That's one touch on the dining room table, babes. And you can see yeah. where he hid those fucking bones. Yeah. That's easy peasy. I don't care if he scattered them to the ends of the earth. I know that there's some TV magic in there where you could have just done like two drops on one bone. And, <laughs> and instead, Miss Martha straight up was like, oh. She said... <laughs> Yeet. She literally, like, 
that's not a here let me sh- that's not a let me shoot myself in the head like I killed you. That's a oh you're going to kill my son this way? Bet, bitch. <laughs> I literally have in my notes. Hold on, let me pull them up. I said <laughs> I said ha yeet and then right after that was uh <laughs> Okay, no, it goes it goes Damn, Martha, you a savage. She's not innocent. Shock emoji. <laughs> Yeet. And then, Martha, what have you done? Literally. Like, why do all women named Martha have to die? <laughs> like, why? And she, oh my god. And then the scene where she, like, gets, like, <laughs> jetpacked up to heaven. And she's like, go to yes. hell. And he's like, blah, 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 blah. Like, in the fucking blender uh, of eternal doom. I'm dead, yeah. So, yeah, that's that's what happened in the episode, y'all. Jesus. Oh, last one. The sisters want five to six kids each? What the fuck? Surely they were joking. Surely to God they were joking. I, like, I fucking hope so. That's so many children. That's like a set of six power of threes. I mean... <laughs> I mean, like that's a card I, deck. <laughs> they got a whole fucking <laughs> they got a whole fucking baseball team out of their children. Uh, but no, like, and I'm not judging. Like, you know, there's like people that have big families. Hell, my grandmother is one of nine children. Like, no. but for me, that just sounds so exhausting. You maybe get two out of me, and that's a maybe. <laughs> You maybe get one out of me. The fuck? <laughs> like, like, that's too much. Anyways, uh, we've been rambling. What about personal gain, Victoria? We started out with 47 we actually at the beginning st- okay. of this episode. So if we're starting, we started with uh, 40, 46. Oh, okay. We started with 46. You're right. Mm-hmm. You're right. Uh, how did they do? They did not do well. They they did not do well. Um, I'll do three. You do three. <laughs> Sounds good. So, uh, Prue getting baby supplies by using her God-given witch powers to not, oh, I don't know, like, ask for help or get a ladder or something, but to flick the tallest one off, you know that fucks somebody's inventory up, Miss Halliwell. When anybody could have seen her. Yeah, in the middle of Babies R Us or whatever. <laughs> and then... Changing Matthew. Uh, yep. So they didn't get boy sprayed with pee. Which, by the way, I need y'all to know something personal about me. Um, I don't know any babies, personally. <laughs> like, I know no children. Um, but even I know... That you always need to block your front <laughs> when you're changing a little boy because they do not care. <laughs> they will spray they, you in the eye. They don't have the mental capacity to care. They have to pee, so they pee. <laughs> yes. And it's just upward motion. <laughs> it's like a sprinkler system. It's awful. Uh, and then, um, if anyone can tell me what the hell this mobile. is called. It's a mobile Thank you, Clark. You're welcome. Prue making... I put a baby thingamabobber. (laughs) (laughs) But Prue making a mobile out of, like, her car keys. 
uh, adorable moment. Personal gain. Oh, yeah. And then uh, the baby made a massive doo-doo, I assume. So they were washing him in the sink. And again, Prue uses her fucking telekinesis to wash the baby. Like, literally all of these things, like, could be done in a normal way. Like, you were at Babies R Us. Why didn't you buy a mobile? Like, what? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um... They stopped the baby from crying by freezing him. Uh, So we're definitely calling that one a personal gain. Um, And the last one, I was kind of iffy about. I don't know how you feel about this one, Victoria, but I wanted to give them a point for Prue using her powers to raise Lundy's bones from the ground. Because they started digging. Like, they had shovels. Mm Mm-hmm. And then she was like, I can do this easier. And just like raised his bones using her powers. Like they weren't do they like they weren't getting his bones for personal gain, but I think there has to be at least half of a point there for them being too lazy to just dig him up. Okay. I will I will argue in the defense of the Halliwell sisters. If they hadn't fumbled the ball at the end by being dickheads and bang it up against some poor man's bones. <laughs> they would have vanquished him. Uh-huh. And time was of the essence. True. So, which do you pick? 30 seconds of telekinesis dirt digging, or like two hours of a combined mm. total of 150 pounds of Hallowell digging through cold <laughs> earth and dirt? <laughs> I love that you're weighing each sister at 75 pounds. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, okay. So I do see your point, but I do, I do strongly think that I think if they had raised the bones and been successful in the vanquish, it would not have been personal gain. Yes. I think given the fact that they literally ruined their one chance to save Martha. They should at least get half of a point. I will give them a full because they fucked it up. Because they fucked it up. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that does bring us to a total of 52 personal gain for the last, for the full show. Uh, Six person. Did you ever watch the Swan Princess as a child? Yes. Uh, there is such what? a specific moment. Are you talking about when Rogers goes fifty-two? What a- well <laughs> done, Derek. Yes. And that just immediately played in my head. The I'm- only thing that I can think of <laughs> when I think of that movie is is. Um, <laughs> what else is there? <laughs> you, you should write, write, a, write book a book called how, <laughs> how to Offend a Woman in Four Syllables or Less. That movie is honestly iconic. comedic gold. Absolutely iconic. Yes. And in the second one where they have like... There's a second one? Girl, there's like six. I'm I've, watching them. I've only seen the first three because those were the ones that were released when we were like children. 
Please, um, streaming gods. <laughs> I need you to be on my side for this one. But like four through like four and five, maybe it's like, I don't know. I know nothing about those plot lines. I know that there's one where there's like another male wizard and they're doing stuff. The second one is deeply underrated. Derek sings a song about compromise in relationships. Amazing. And Rogers has a psychedelic dream as a muffin. (laughs) (laughs) I have to see these. This sounds amazing. And they're Uh, also like horrible, like straight to TV DVD quality. Of course. Oh my God. But Derek gets a haircut and he's cute because away goes the page boy. And then it's like, ew, Derek has a to the chin cut now. Amazing. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> back on back on topic. They did get six uh, personal gain points this week. If you do disagree with us uh, giving Lundy's bone raising uh, weight, no. Yeah, if just you send dis- us an email. Yeah, you you get it. Um, we probably won't change it. But if you're really passionate about the fact that you don't think that they deserved a point, just let us know, I guess. We'll comment, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll read it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we'll mention it. So, here's the deal. This was my favorite part, and Clark agrees that it's the best line in the whole damn show. Fucking um, iconic. So, they're at the precinct, and <laughs> Phoebe's like, who would bring a baby in here? And Derek is like, he was abandoned. <laughs> he's like, oh, that's awful. And Daryl is like, yeah, that's dead why they pan. call it a crime. <laughs> he's it's deadpan and it's an instant response. It's just. <sighs> Daryl's the best so character ti- in this show. Daryl is so tired. If I call him Derek one more time, I'm going to take myself out and shoot <laughs> myself in front of the oak tree where I curved my initials with my lover. <laughs> oh god but yeah daryl really makes this show i Mm -hmm. they should really just call this uh the daryl show yeah Um, daryl and three bitches yeah seriously uh but three witches anyway your favorite part yes no so victoria stole mine so i had to pick another one and surprise surprise it's another (laughs) daryl quote they're telling him how to take care of matthew when he takes him back and they're like uh, he likes the jiggle. Do you know the jiggle? And he goes, of course I know the jiggle. I'm a father. <laughs> and, um, yeah, <laughs> it's, just, it's just good. It's great. Anyways, uh, out of uh, dirty, stinky baby diapers. Mm-hmm. Uh, how would you rate this episode? I would rate this episode 4.6 dirty, stinky diapers out of, out of five. It is so entertaining. And nice. Yeah. Yeah, I'd give it four and a half uh, dirty, stinky baby diapers. I had to remember what I said. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, really good episode. I'd watched again. We both commented. We got onto this call, and we both looked at each other. Or, well, looked at each other is incorrect because she's several states away. But we both went... I didn't realize it was this episode. So like it was it was a good enough episode that it made an impression and we remembered it. So yeah, four and a half. Uh Victoria. Yes. 
How long has it been since we've seen Baby Leo? It's been three thousand years. No, it's been three days. Um, so <sighs> that's like brutal. It's been three days since we've seen Leo. I'm gonna start stalking the um, the cast lists again, just for <laughs> just for a hit. You know. I just need to see his name. <laughs> I just need to see Brian Krause. That's all I need. That's all I need. Brian's probably going to listen to this episode at some point and be like, wow, these girls are fucking creepy. <laughs> They're Brian. so obsessed. With Brian, me. if you're listening, we respect you as a grown man and we would never come up to you. We would never, you know, this is just for the internet for anyone to find. Um, but Brian, Brian, we respect you as a grown man. Um, Oh but, yeah, I'm I'm looking with respect. I promise. But when you were uh, a twenty-something on the cast of Charmed, uh, <laughs> that's that's free range, honey. That's, Victoria that's, can make no promises. <laughs> that's prime real estate, <laughs> sweetheart. <laughs> Toots. Uh, yeah. Hey, well. Clark. Where can they find us on Twitter? <laughs> if you want to find us on Twitter, to I don't know. Uh, yell at us for being horrible. Hey, men have men have objectified women for hundreds of oh, thousands please, of years. Please. So we we can do it for ten minutes, okay? Anyways, if you want to find us on Twitter, you can find us on Twitter at charmed underscore podcast. If they want to find us on Facebook, Victoria, where can they find us? I need you guys to know that we're doing this in reverse order and it's kind of weird me out. Uh, if you want to find us on Facebook, you can find us at facebook.com forward slash charmed and dangerous pod or by just typing charmed and dangerous pod into the search bar. Uh, if they want to find us on Instagram, where can they find us, Clark? If you want to find us on Instagram, you can find us at charmed and dangerous pod. Uh, if you, this is so weird. If you want to find us, uh, to send us an email with any questions, comments, concerns, snarky remarks. Where can they email us, Victoria? Oh, it's almost like we've got a theme going, Clark. You <laughs> can email us at charmedanddangerouspod at gmail.com. You know, you think that after like a couple of weeks we'd stop making that joke, but uh, it's still funny, so we're it's not going funny. to. Um, on that note, that does bring us to the end of our episode. We've enjoyed our time with you today, and we'll see you next week. Love you, love you, love you. Stay safe. Wear your mask. Uh, even if you're vaccinated, it's not a cure. Uh, blessed be. Blessed be. Blessed be.